0: Just before we get started, the 2nd Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations, and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act Podcast. Today's guest was a pretty heavy listen, hey, Dad.
1: Yeah, Kerry Kish um, has a really unique story of slipping down a slippery slope after finding out, um, you know, that, that his life was was not as what he thought it was, and uh, he, was, he was able to catch himself before things got too bad, and, and now he's on a mission to help other people who may find themselves in a similar situation.
0: Yeah, you talk about how you met him at Men's League, which we've mentioned a couple times now. It's just a meeting that some people who have struggled with mental health and stuff, some men, go to to really shine a light on the importance of male mental health as it's been overlooked for far too long simply because men have always kind of run things so their mental health is always expected to be good. But it's, it's starting to develop into a, hey, men have mental health problems too, and it's a really interesting listen, and you talked about it, how he went down the slippery slope, he was sitting in his truck, ready to run into a wall or a pillar, and how he kind of had that almost divine intervention against it, and now how he helps other people with his own form of divine intervention.
1: Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a very um, unique way of putting it, but I think that is kind of what he's trying to do. He... He doesn't want anyone to ever feel like he did when he was in his truck that day, and I think the metaphor for, for him is he reached up and shut the garage door before he left, la- instead of leaving, and I think that's kind of where he aims to catch people and head them off is is before they back out of the garage, no seatbelt on, uh, with the clock ticking. So uh, we really appreciate Carrie's perspective and him taking some time to sit down with us. So without any further ado, please welcome Carrie
2: Kish. Thank you, Gord. It's a it's an honor and pleasure to to be a part of the podcast. I've listened to it for a while, and uh, ever since I met you, actually through Men's League as well, and and I love what you're doing and what you're putting out into the world. So glad to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, well, and I, I as we were talking about just before we started recording, um, you know, it's uh it's come together pretty well with with all these people that I meet through Men's League. Um, they they kind of fit with this this second act thing that I got in my head where guys are, are doing something different because what they were doing wasn't working for them. And, and whether it was uh, their love life or their family life or their work life or any number of things. And I meet all these people that that you know have said, not today. I'm going to do something better today than I did yesterday. And those are the stories that I just love to share because there's so many people out there that haven't hit that crux yet. And, and they need to hear that other people around them, people they may not think um, are in that position,
2: Have made that change i love i love that you mentioned that and that's and if if i could come up with a magic button or a switch or whatever to connect to those people to you know every single one of those and i said you said career or relationships or anything or all of them which you know happened all the same but to connect to that person before that traumatic event that big you know, crushing period, that thing, whatever happens where a lot of times it's that proverbial rock bottom that people hit. If we could connect to people even the moment before that, I mean, ultimately would be, you know, a lot, a lot of time before that to connect. So they have time to kind of say, oh, hey, you know what? I don't have to get to that point because I realize where I am right now and I can see the signs coming. That would be the button that I would create the switch that I would put to to disconnect to that person to be, hey, this is coming if you don't make some changes and have that awareness of where you're at but unfortunately and i know this from being there and been there got the t-shirt that when you're in that spot it's like oh no i got this like i'm good like you know i don't i don't need that i don't need to do that i don't need to worry about that but then all of a sudden yeah out of nowhere right well and that was the not the alarming part but the part that
1: struck me especially that that men's night uh, social event that i went to i attended in november where i first met you um i walked downstairs at the wednesday room and there was like all these outwardly successful good-looking people guys that are like on top of their game and they're in this place and and you you were no exception i mean you were dressed uh just to kill that night and you got up and you told your story and it was like okay yeah, this guy's got some stuff you know he's he's working on and then you came and sat with us at the table for about half an hour and you you the way you kind of emoted what was going on in your life and told us about it and asked the questions about ours, it dawned on me that, you know, people who are successful are loath to admit that they need help with some of these things. Mm-hmm. And because they've always been successful. And and I think, you know, as we maybe talk a little bit about kind of who who carry is before. You were successful. I mean, you were an entrepreneur, your your father, you're a coach, mentor. You have all these great things in your life that were happening. And then all of a sudden, one day it became too much for you to manage yourself. and you had to figure these these uh, tactics out. So it, it's always funny to me to see kind of who the guys are that are saying putting their hand up saying, "I need help. It's often it's the guy
2: that you least expect mm, so, so much there, Gordon, so much. And truly, yes, that's what it is. And that's who I resonate with. That's why I connect with the most. And why is because that's where I was. And so often any adversity or challenges that come in, we search for that support from people that have been on that specific path in that specific place, no matter how dark it seems, no matter how, wherever that is in our lives. Right. And, and. In that hole, I reference it, and I'll reference it multiple times today probably, is the storm that I was in, I had so, and still, I'm so grateful, I have so many amazing people in my life, parents, siblings, friends, and and everything in that, that all the time were like, hey, if you ever want to talk, I'm here, I've got you. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. But I felt at times, they didn't know where I was as a and this is where who do i resonate with that leader that you always feel like you're on your A game right you're you're a business leader you own businesses you've got to have the the smile and that confidence and you're going in and managing teams and like hey we need to do this and and not only talking about sales goals and and that end of it but the HR end of it and and realizing that people have their own stuff going on in their world so how do we navigate that as well as the business end as a father wanting to be the best dad that I can. And so, you know, always showing up for your kids and trying to be like, okay, I gotta be this. I gotta, I'm coaching hockey and lacrosse and, and all these other sports and making sure that you're there. Uh, always being a good example. And then with your friends and and with my friend circle was always like, okay, we're gonna do something. Well, what should we do? I don't know. See if Carrie can organize it and stuff like that. Like it's yeah. always that. And, and always having, being and feeling that you always have to be on your A game. And And I was good. Like I thrived in that atmosphere. Like that's who that's who I was, and that's what I wanted to do. And I still have that in me. But the thing that's different now is back there. Whenever I had feelings of uncertainty or doubt, or or, or anything that kind of maybe snuck in, where whether it was in you know the uh, marriage and going through divorce and everything from there, or doubting those moments when you would doubt, where you would see someone else with their kids doing stuff, and you're like, oh, that's should i be doing that like those little questions or business or whatever but i would just suppress it and and repress Be like no no i'm good i'm good like i've got that and and we know that anytime you compact and compact things eventually it's gotta it's gotta come out it's got to explode and and that's that message of, of i just any of those things where it's like you know what my marriage isn't exactly what i thought marriage would be but I know a lot of people where it's a hell of a lot worse. So yeah. I don't have to worry about that. So as long as I'm not there, I'm okay. So you just kind of pull that ostrich, stick your head in the sand, be like, you know, okay. And I mean, there were times where I was like, Hey, you know, how, how do we make this better? Like, it's not what it used to be, or or I want it to be better. And just not knowing how to navigate, how to bring that up, how to navigate those conversations and and how to show up in that, to make those changes before all of a sudden, like you said, one day. Just it just blows up. And then when you get to that point, not knowing who to go to for just even to have a conversation was and we and that's where I feel I felt lost. I felt alone, like I was the only one in the middle of an ocean in a rowboat, getting tossed around in a storm, no oars, and just hoping to God that I can hang on to the edges and get out of this thing. And that's where I was. And and so in that place right there is my my mission my goal is to connect with people like we talked about earlier before they get there but once you're there is that it does get it does get better but it's not that whole oh time heals everything it's not time that heals everything it's what you do with the time that heals everything so that's in that growth that navigation and that's in that combination of using mindsets and and all of the different things to move through that does that make I'd, sense
1: oh yeah no, and that's interesting because i've heard you say that that the time heals everything is, is kind of a, a misnomer and it's what you do with the time that helps you heal. And I've heard you say it a, a couple of times when I've heard you speak and um, it's, you know, the first time I thought, okay, that's like, you know, easy for someone who's on that other side to say. But then the, the second time I was like, no, he says it with the same conviction. And this might be the third, you said it in your man talk fourth time now. And and I really kind of get it because um, the one thing that, that we talked about a little bit already is kind of this idea behind internal and external pressure Mm -hmm. and and you know for you know i'm going to speak from a point of view of a man i'm women do it too but i'm a man so i this is the point of view that i can speak from uh it's it's really blurry that line you think it's an external pressure but it's really pressure you're putting upon yourself and in order to kind of be able to use that time you have to identify where's this pressure coming from? You know, mm-hmm. the time the, the wound has been, is there. So how, where is it coming from? It's being externally exerted on me. So I'm going to cut that part out and now I'm going to use this time to heal. Or is it internal pressure? Because that's the part that I think, you know, you and I want to talk about is, is that internal piece that says, Hey, am I good enough? Am I doing the right things? That guy over there is playing catch with his kid and I don't have time today. Should I be doing that? Those kind of things that, that really are, are the the crux of the the problem, that, that, that pressure that we put on ourselves. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I think every, when we have that external internal, I think every single situation has elements of both. It's just a matter of where that line is. Sometimes it's more towards the external. Sometimes it's more towards the internal, but I think both elements, external internal are present in every sort of hurt, you know, challenge, adversity that, that we face well and it's it's an
1: it's a kind of a dichotomy because you want to be around people that push you and make you strive so you know they always say if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room <laughs> yeah but then that can create that that pressure to to appear more than you are so you really have to have a, a a defined sense of self and how you want to show up before you can truly embark along that path to be the you know, not the smartest person in the room. And it takes a lot of confidence to be like that. Right.
2: Uh, and it's funny. I, like I just, uh, you know, did a quick re- like a video about that yesterday. Right. And, and posted it today, but it's about that connection. And, and I think this is probably a little bit of what I didn't have as well. And looking back and realizing, cause if we don't, if we don't take ownership of our role and absolutely everything in our lives of where we are right now, you give up the ability to change your future. And so taking ownership, and even if you're in a place where it's, you're like, it's absolutely terrible and you, you're like, oh no, no one wants to take ownership of that. And it's so easy to sit in that space and blame and point fingers and, and, and all the rest of it, but that's, that doesn't empower you to make those changes. So in taking ownership of knowing where we could have been better, where I could have been better. Right. And I still, even today, I could, I could have been better yesterday on certain things that I do thoughts, things like that. So knowing that I'm where I am because of those actions thoughts words from yesterday i can be better tomorrow so that and in taking that is is where is where that power comes from to make those changes you know moving forward right and and that's been so key in navigating a lot of the different things and when we and so bringing back to what you originally talked about is that connection with ourselves is that awareness if we don't sit in that and know and so often the question that we ask in general when we first meet someone hey hey uh how are you what do you what do you do who are you we identify with those you know a role a job an accomplishment uh whatever that is but really those are things that are elements in our lives not who we are and when we sit and say actually Gord who are you who are you at the core what who how do you want to show up in this world you mentioned showing up how do I want that experience of me for others what do i want them to per, you can't control what others perceive but what do i want them to experience what can i be and when you know who that is who you are and you're solid in that it navigates it it takes you through so much adversity and it gives you that direction of of and when we're out of alignment when, and and we know we're not there when it's cuz all of the time when we have those feelings inside of us of like wow well, i don't know whether it's your anxiety or or you're not sure you're 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 doubting yourself all of those things is when you're not in alignment with who you truly know you are in your core when you're doing things whether your actions so it's like you know what i'm a healthy person i'm i'm a i'm a happy person but all of a sudden and i'm trying to pick pick little things like all of, i'm binging on bags of doritos at 11 30 at night and, and it's like that's not who i am and then my actions aren't supporting us so that's where that uneasiness comes from or is it something where you know what i'm an honest person and i do this but all of a sudden i'm throwing garbage out my car window instead of just hanging on to it and putting the thing all of those little things and it, it seems like they're the littlest things in the world but all of that adds up and when so when we actually take the time to know who we are and we move in this world exactly exactly like that and nothing that comes in, into your path, whether it's the best things in the world, the greatest experiences or the worst things that you know, that when you look at them, it's like, man, this couldn't be worse, but nothing will take you away from who you are as a person that is truly the gift that when we sit and know who we are and to know when someone asks us who we are, who am I, I am, I'm am a person that spreads light. I want to, every room that I walk in, I want it p- to be brighter than when I was there. If I have an experience with someone, I want them to leave brighter than when they first, before they even talk to me. And that's what it is. Whatever, what I need to do, whether it's a comment of whatever, your energy, your vibration, whatever it is, that's my goal. That's who I am. I spread light. But
1: that, that wasn't, um, I, I mean, it's been a process to get here. Do you mind, um, <laughs> do you <laughs> mind... Talking a little bit about maybe, let's talk about kind of you know what led you up. I believe it was I think it was you said it was your forty fifth birthday was kind of like your your come to come to Jesus or whoever yeah. uh, come to Allah moment. Let's talk about the lead up to that and then maybe that low point, because um because the guy that I'm talking to here today has obviously uh, traveled a, a long and arduous journey since then. Um, and, and it's easy to talk about the the good parts. Now let's talk about the other parts, uh, that, that kind of forced you to have to take a look and, and look for a second act.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and before, so yeah, as a business, like, you know, being involved in business, multiple businesses and, and partners, franchises, different things like that, being a parent and, and coaching my kids in hockey and, and, and having from an outsiders looking in, everyone's like, Oh, you've got the perfect life. You're doing this, you're this, you're right. You know, and, and that and. And that's where I was, but my my focus. I'd heard all of the quotes. I've seen the books on the shelves, and 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 to that point, I think I had read two books my entire life. Like, and it was only because in university I couldn't find the Cole's notes to, and I knew that it was an exact. So it's like I have to read this book. But it's so, but nothing from a growth perspective. I really wasn't interested in it. I'm like, and I had that. Well, look at everything I'm doing. I'm good. Why would I? Why would I need help from anyone? Why would I want to? I'm I'm solid, and. So in that was, and I was in, and I'm not ashamed to admit it because again, when, you, before, if you don't take ownership of where you were, you can't change your future. And a lot of what I was doing in business and, and things like that, I was and I'm proud to say at no point was I screwing people over or acting out of integrity or anything like that. But if I was going to, in business with, in looking at business, it's like, okay, well, why would we work with these people? What's in it for us? what's it where's where's the where's the you know the benefit for us because if there's no benefit in that direction why are we going over there and so it was a lot of that and even in in some of the things in in my world as well right with how does this benefit me and what is that and 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 again from a selfish perspective it that's where i was a lot not that i was screwing people over but it was if it's not if i didn't see a win-win as what i viewed it in that in that point I, I I was like, yeah. Well, there's no need to go go down that road, right? I think and, that's
1: fairly common, though, isn't it? Like, I don't think you're uncommon.
2: Yeah, and and again, when you're and and it's so when you're in it though, and it's so with so many chapters in in all of our lives, when you're in it, you don't have the clarity of of in that of being able to step out almost in third person and look and say, okay, what's happening here? How are you moving? What does that look like? And, and because you're in it and whether you're connected with emotion or, or just the, the busyness of everything and what that is. And, and, and again, it's, it, until you experience something more or that little extra, you don't know what you're missing. Right. And it's almost like I make the analogy with food. A lot of times it's like, if you don't know, and I'm a, I'm a, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a big protein guy and everything else. So until you sit down with a big, you know, steak dinner and all the rest of it. You think that, you know, a, a hamburger or you think like, you know, hey, you know what, craft yeah. dinner is great. Like, it's like, you know, whatever, but until you experience better, you don't know what that's like. And and a lot of people use different words for that. And, I, and again, I would hear people talk about, you know, waking up or being, you know, aware and all that. And I'm like, okay, whatever you go sit on your mountain and meditate, dude. like, I'm good. Right. You know, yeah. but experiencing that has been life changing. So, so before that, and, and so setting the scene for that, and that's how I was moving in just knowing you're busy and busy. And I remember in, in where it came, we talk about that moment is knowing that I, I wasn't great in all of the areas of my life, but I wouldn't look at where I could improve. I was more focused on, Hey, I'm doing better than a lot of the other people I know, so from a health and fitness standpoint or relationships or finances and, and all of those different things in being like not focusing on, oh, I could be better, but saying. Hey, I'm not as bad as my buddy over here, or I'm a lot better than they Or Man, their marriage is a disaster. Like it's like, you know, and just be like, well, at least, you know, I'm this and I'm that. So that's what I was focused on. And then all of a sudden, one day, right, in, in, like I shared in the Man Talk Monday, right, and finding out in, in that moment that life isn't perfect and, and, and going back and even from a physical standpoint, I mean, there's times like in, in the bodybuilding history that I have in natural bodybuilding, there's times where I've been 250 pounds looking in the mirror and kind of, shifting me like, I still got it. I mean, yeah, I'm all right. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, with the right lighting. And then there's other times when I'm, you know, 176 pounds stepping on stage and you look in the mirror and it's like, man, those love handles or I've got this or that. And do you still, and, and it's, and it's all in our mind, right? That, that thing. So, and, and so that, you know, same thing in my marriage and finding out after, you know, in, in thinking, knowing that there, it wasn't perfect But then discovering that, you know, with, like I had shared in the Man Talk Monday with affairs and just, and, and knowing what that, where that took me in that spot, because as many men, and I, and I thought my story was original and I was the only guy in the world that felt this, but, and going to therapy and counseling as a part of it and knowing and, and doing research online and things like that with coaches. And it's, it's like, Hey, Carrie, your story is just one of a million insert your name here and exactly those feelings that i had in those moments and and leading into it and the signs that i feel i should have seen and and what i could have done and didn't do if there was a list of 10 things the top 10 worst things to do when you know when you think that your relationship's in trouble man i was lighting them all up like every (laughs) one of them like blowing off business meetings trying to do extra loads of laundry paint the basement do you know all this but at that point like that's not that's not what you need and so going through that and struggling in that in that adversity was where i really dove in deep because i'm like okay well i'm in it right now and 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 there was a moment that and i I shared to gordon i'll share this with your audience right that 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 was my 45th birthday right so yeah july what was it july 7th 2017 and i remember in 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 not you know i'm not i'm not into it's not about slinging mud it's about connecting with people that are in this space but finding out in that spot what was going on and where that took me was yeah not good enough in so many and and the the not good enough you're not good looking enough you're not successful enough you're um the list goes on and on and then that moment of well, what about the, what does the future look like now for me? What are my friends going to think of me? What are my kids going to think of me? Is anyone going to want to connect and like, man, I'm going to be a monk for the rest of my life. Who's going to want to, be, you know, date or be involved with a divorced dad, you know, and, and all of these things and that fear and how that sets in, we always tell ourselves the worst stories in the world. And in that place, I remember being in my garage and I was in, in that morning and I was, and I said, all right. I got to figure this out. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a drive and figure this out. And then, and as I put my seatbelt, I was going to put my seatbelt on. I'm like, you know what, actually screw this I'm out, like I'm done. Like, and, and I had given myself, if, if I had to put a stopwatch on it, 10 minutes or less to live, I said, I'm not putting my seatbelt on. So I opened my garage door. I didn't put my seatbelt on and I'm like. My truck is going into either a wall or a bridge pillar, or I don't really know what that is going to be, but it's going to be 160, 170. I'm going to find out how fast this thing goes, and I'm done. I'm out. Like I see no hope. There is no, and and just the pain and and the the squeezing. It felt like people squeezing. Someone was squeezing my heart. Standing, the the weight. I felt like my entire truck was on my chest. Like there's no way out. And then. In that moment, as I went to push the button to start my truck, it, I said, it wasn't a voice, it wasn't a audible thing. It was, but I believe in God. I believe in spirit. I believe in source and energy and, and that we are energetic beings and everything in the, in this world is, is energy. And that's what it was for me. Something, something in that moment said, Carrie, not right now, not today. And I remember saying like, why, like really why, like, what is the point? And it's because, and when we talked about earlier and connecting to who we were in that moment, it was probably the first crack that brought me into that. Who are you? And that's what it said to me is because Carrie, that's not who you are. You don't give up. And that's not the type of father. That's not who you signed up to be when you decided to be a father. You didn't, you're, you're not going to abandon your kids. And I know people. Uh, that have known people that have committed suicide, like, uh, and, and, and no matter how, what their connection is, even a loose connection, everybody always carries a little bit of a burden with them of, I should have saw something, I should have said something. Was there something I could have done the last time I, was there something I could have said the last time I saw them, everything else. And for me, it's like, as a father. Carrie, are you going to hand those, not even hand those bags? Are you going to saddle and strap those bags to your kids for the rest of their lives? Every time they see someone doing something with their families or with their dads or this or this, that they should have done something different. They could have done something different or think that it was, that was their dad because of something they could or didn't do, felt that he didn't want to have anything else to do with their lives. And carry that for the rest of them no chance so in that moment i made the decision and i said it doesn't matter what people say about me what this gets i go i could be living underneath a bridge in a cardboard box but at least my kids will know where to find me and i will be around to answer questions for them as long as i can and that's what this is and show them that that you could adversity can hit life can come out and throw you a curveball and you take a swing and you fall down in the dust and the entire stadium of 80,000 people was laughing and mocking you and everything else. You could tuck your tail between your legs, run off and never be seen again. No one would blame you. They're like, yeah, man, that was like the worst (laughs) swing I've ever seen in my life. Like that's it. Or you can dust yourself off, get back in and knock the next pitch out of the damn park and that is the dad that I want to be. That is who I strive to get better for every day to show up and not only, you know, for as a dad, but for other men in this world, other women like anybody that's in that spot and that is what I'm in the process of doing right now. And so I sat there that day and shut the garage door and said, you've got a you've you've got business to finish on this world. I don't know exactly what it is but you've got stuff you need to get done. So let's get to work.
1: And, and I think it's, um, you know, you're fortunate in that you were able to identify your why in that moment, you know, mm-hmm. as you said, the stopwatch was ticking and and however many minutes were on it, it wasn't a lot. <clears throat> and, and there's people out there that, that aren't able to, uh, determine the why before the stopwatch runs out. And, and that's, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, you mentioned it in, in your man talk and, and I, I'm, you know, I I believe that if you uh, are blaming someone who's decided that the, uh, the permanent solution to the temporary problem is the only way out, I think you're missing the bigger picture. And I I think you believe that too. I don't think you can blame someone who's, who's decided to take their own life uh, because they just weren't able to discover the why yet. They're, they're, their clock ran out before they found their why. And, and like I said, you were fortunate. Um, you, you do a great job of explaining actually the, the baseball metaphor was, was great. I I was able to envision it. Um, you know, if you can find somebody who's in that role in that spot and, and everyone's stopwatch has different amount of minutes on it. Um, what do you, Like through your experience of figuring out that why, even though it was in a very condensed period of time, you know, in your truck, in your garage that day, if you find somebody who's looking for that, why, how do you start that conversation with somebody and, and show them that there is something else other than whatever that thing that's putting the weight on their life to live for? And, and how do you approach that conversation? It seems like it'd be a really delicate, um, you know, a lot of finesse involved.
2: Yeah. Great question. And, and, and even just back, and I'm, I want to touch on that, but backtracking to that carry of 10 years ago, or even five years ago, when I heard about, you know, people that had committed suicide and things I would all, I, and, and, and again, there's things where I was and things where I am, but seeing where that was, it's like, man, how could ever anyone ever, there was judgment that came from me yep. in like, how could anyone, how could it be that bad? How could they do this? And I'll tell you what, there are terrible things that, that people experience and, and I'm not justifying the, you know, condoning the things that people do or how that goes. There is absolutely terrible. And I know for me, I can't say to anyone even listening to this today or wherever that I know where you're at because you don't. And, and knowing that I, at no point in my life, did I ever think I was going to be in that spot ever, mm-hmm. but I was there and, and it's, and it's, it's, a a place that i don't wish that anyone visits but knowing that that when it does hit you if it does one day that yeah like not putting judgment on someone else for that because it'll come out of nowhere and when it does that you, you the tools that you have leading up to that to get through that and so and thank goodness i did have that just those moments in in the ability to to navigate that but in connecting to others gord i think that there is no question that every single person on this earth me included and like everyone if we actually sat down and a conversation goes or then how's the weather what do you do what's this what's that you know oh you see that game last night and all this you know and actually like no really though how you doing and you have an opportunity to connect with someone every single person in this world is probably three minutes from sharing something with you that would absolutely blow your mind and jaw would drop. It's like, I had no clue that you were experiencing that or that you're going through that right now or that you thought that about others or about yourself or anything. And so, and you mentioned it's so delicate. And from a place of being vulnerable from where in in backing up to where I was and what society has kind, bread and, and the narrative that people have been kind of exposed to is boys. Don't cry, suck it up princess, you know, get through it tough, you know? So at what point is our, you know, when we think about hanging out with our bodies at what point, and now it's a lot more, the, the awareness and that vulnerability, that open window and opportunity to have conversations or open door with other people is much more accepted than what it was, you know, what do we say a year ago or five years ago or 20 years ago i mean it was and so to be able to have that but that's to in connecting with those people because he it's it is delicate but it's about my view of that is to open the door for those conversations and be the person that has the door open and it's not trying to force it because we all know when you've got stuff going on sometimes the last thing you want to do is have someone well, no really tell me about it how do you feel it's like yeah. back off dude like i'm not in the mood for you right now but but when that door is open when that person is ready knowing that there is an open door for them to reach out to is absolutely everything right in, especially in those moments so and 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 not just saying it once and leaving it alone but even having those conversations and saying hey you know what i know there's lots going on and man like i tell you what we should, you know I got all kinds of stuff going on. I don't have time to kind of get into it and everything else, but I'd love to sit down and just have a conversation one day that's deeper than just how's the weather and what's going on. So, if you're ever if you ever want to have that conversation, I'm your guy. And I think yeah, so go ahead.
1: Well, I, and I think it's like like I said at the beginning, like it was it was kind of intimidating the first time I was in that room with those men's league people because because everyone was outward appearance appearances were success and in everyone's got it together everyone's you know there and and it, it was like amazing to me how quickly that fell to the wayside and that vulnerability was apparent and not everybody but you could tell the guys who were and i think that as men as we become more comfortable with that feeling and more able to identify the person whose door is open just a crack Mm -hmm. and the guy who isn't we're gonna have these abilities to address these things before we read about them on the news right and that's yeah that's the thing that scares the hell out of me is how many you know um yeah i have people in my life that i've known that have have done terrible things that have you know news stories about them and you hear about it after and and you're like yeah i heard him say those things or i i can hear what they're attributing to him in the note i can hear it in his voice and i've heard other dudes say something similar so who's who's that close to a breakdown and which guy is just saying that because of bravado and which guy doesn't believe it at all you know what i'm do you know you know what i'm saying like oh, and it's it's absolutely it's a huge weight for us to carry and i'm not an hey i'm a caucasian straight male i carry the least amount of burdens in our society i'm aware of that but i'm still saying that as a dude who's got this friend group that we're all reasonably successful and we do well uh, for me to say that none of those guys are carrying a burden so i don't have to uh sharpen my tools to identify it that's uh, that's i'm not doing them the best service that i can as a friend right
2: yeah i agree and 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 Your reference of walking into that room. Every every single person in this world, Gord, puts their pants on one leg at a time. Yeah. Doesn't matter billionaire or you know how you're how healthy or not, whatever everybody puts their pants on one leg at a time. And with that as well, and I mentioned before, every single person has stuff going on in the world whether it's a with health or fitness like a diagnosis whether it's something going on with their career they're not sure about their industry maybe it's a they're nervous about you know potential advancements like big big growth and not sure if they can handle whatever or you know in relationships and and what's going on maybe if they're if someone's not in a relationship they want to be in one they don't know you know oh there's no good women out there there was no good men left out there like whatever like we hear it all the time or, or maybe they're in a relationship and it's not what they want it to be and they're like well i don't know what to do everybody every single person is carrying something that they wish that they could walk and i know i say this because i know it because i was there and i'm still there but at least now we have those resources where it's a lot more acceptable where you can go and have that conversation that before you would have never dreamed of bringing that topic up with absolutely anyone
1: oh yeah no that's a hundred percent i say that often when i'm talking to people on the on the pod and in real life about stuff like this like my dad god bless him 71 year old saskatchewan dirt farmer (laughs) never had a conversation like this in his life Mm -hmm. zero chance when he was 44 years old he was calling up a, a an acquaintance and and saying hey let's talk about these things it just wasn't something that was was done and and that alone shows me the, the progress that we've made as a society as men in our society that we're just acknowledging that it's okay to feel these things and uh and we we want tools to deal with them to be to show up better for our our partners for our children for our employers mm-hmm. our employees and i think that's you know a critical first step into to change in the way that uh you know this i i don't know I, it's Everyone calls it toxic masculinity, but I, I don't believe that as much as I believe it's the definition of masculinity that so many of us have been taught and we just don't know how to get out of that. so one of the things I'd like to talk about Carrie is we kind of uh, we've gone through you know your low points and, and a bunch of the the stuff that went around that and you, you've decided at this point that you're far enough along in your journey you want to help others. so you've created Kerry Kish coaching. Talk a little bit about what went into that decision and and kind of what you're doing now, what the goals with that, uh, that enterprise are.
2: Yeah. Thank you for asking. And, and so where, where that came from is I remember in the storm. There was when I dove in, I said I had written or I had read two books my entire life. When I was in that storm, I started picking up books like nobody's business. And I was reading books and listening to podcasts and I couldn't get enough because I was searching for those answers. Right. It's like not only for the answers of where I was, but uh, there's questions that I always ask is is number one, like any adversity. Right. The first the first question you ask is, where am I? You need to know where you're at. And that's in, in any one of the relationship, health and fitness, career, like any, you know, where, where am I? Next one is how did I get here? Next one, where do I want to go? Fourth question, what's the next step? Mm-hmm. And so in going through those questions, it required a lot of research from my point. So I was digging into absolutely everything. And there were certain podcasts and speakers that I listened to. And there was one in particular, it was Ed my And I don't know if you're familiar with this. So, and yeah, uh, and. And he always did private events, and and I said, man, if I ever get a chance to listen to him speak, I want to go. And so it came up that one of the podcasts that I listened to said, hey, we we just announced that Ed Milette's going to be speaking at the it's the Summit of Greatness from Lewis House. It's in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm like, no way, like really? And I'm like, okay, so I need to check two things in my schedule because I have my kids one week and and off one week. I go if I don't have to give up time with my kids, and I can get the flights, I'm going. Looked at my schedule. I had the tickets booked within 90 minutes. I'm like, nice. I'm in, I'm going. And so I went to this, the summit of greatness to see Ed my lab. That's why I went when I was there in conversations that I was having with people and just all of these, and again, there's no random occurrences, but all of the, I probably, and in, in not exaggerating between 15 and 20 times had people ask me, how long have you been coaching? And how do I work with you? And I'm like, just from conversations, having conversations with people in lineups to wait to get into the auditorium or in just socials that they had throughout the throughout the event. And I'm thinking like, no, no. Like, are you talking about lacrosse? Like, how long have I coaching that? Like, it's like, no, like coaching. And they're like, holy, like you were born for this, man. Like, they, just how you... Like you don't understand and and i never ever thought about a coach or working with a coach or even looking at that whole field because i'm like okay coaches that's if you're messed up you go to coaches or whatever but realizing now that like every every single person has coaches like you think about sports and and there's there's coaches for absolutely everything and so that and having all these people kind of reach out to me and say how long you've been doing it and i would work with you and all so i reached out to people uh, all across the world that had done like Ted talks, written books, they uh, professional speakers and, and saying, what is it, what is it, what is this all about? What does it take? And of those people I reached out to completely different, every single one of them said the same thing. They're like, Carrie, like if you didn't call me and say, you're thinking about getting into this, I would have asked you how long you've been doing this for. Right. Like it's, you know, and so I was like, all right, there's something here. And then, so, and in that a gift in my, my mission statement that I have Gord is global impact through exploiting my gifts in the service of others. And in order to do that, I want to provide what I was looking for in the storm. When, so leading up to when I knew there were little things, for example, in my marriage that it's like, man, It's not great. It's not terrible, but there's things that I need to improve. But as a man, not knowing what to ask, not knowing how to have like where to even start, who to have that conversation with and all of those things to provide that for people to to have that conversation of like, hey, here's here's what's going on. I just don't know what to do or where to even start. And then for that person that's in the second, I, I call the three different stages. That's the first is is kind of having when you've got that intuition. Some name right, like the old Spidey senses are tingling, like something's not right, but I don't know what it is. That's the perfect time to reach out before the bomb goes off, before all of that. So, so the next is is okay. The lines drawn in the sand, whether it's you know health and fitness, career, relationships, whatever. But the bomb just went off. What's the triage? What's the nine one one? What do I need to do right now? And so that's the second. And in the third stage is after the bomb has gone off, all the dust is settled. What are you going to do with that right whether it's a divorce whether it's a health diagnosis whether you know it's a career your entire career shuts down because of COVID. maybe it's you know you get you go into work one day thinking you're getting a promotion and they shake your hand and they get a cardboard box on your desk saying hey you're it's been great we don't need you anymore like whatever that is what are you gonna do now and so and and there's people that i've worked with that is but like from a divorce standpoint they've been divorced for 10 years or more and they still in, in the story that they, they tell and the, ver, and the verbiage that they use, it's like it happened yesterday. And, and so it's about moving forward, right? Acknowledging moving forward and progress. So that's and in each one of those storms, those places, I want to be that person that supports someone in those areas. And so that's what got me into coaching. And I said, if I can help at least one person one day at some point, even if it's twenty years in the future, if I'm doing this and I don't make a dime at it or whatever, but it's twenty years in the future, and I help one person close their garage door that day, it is worth it for me. And that was what I moved into. And I had that moment of helping someone close the garage door gourd within like I think it was six weeks, seven oh, wow. weeks of saying, I'm gonna do this and and so, And knowing it's like, okay, when we talk about those nudges where it's like, yeah, you need to, you need to keep going. And so that's where moving in and then finding out what, what are the tools that help me the most? And I don't share tools or ideas that I haven't tried. It's about walking the walk. And so everything that that I share with people or do is because I've been there, I've done it. And a lot of it, I used to think was complete BS (laughs) when, you know, 10 years ago, I'm like, whatever, woo woo, this, that, whatever. But it's like, dude, I'm living it. And I know it works. And, and so a combination of all that, when I dove into all the research stuff like stoic philosophers and biblical stories and, and, and stuff from, uh, you know, the, the 1800s and right up to in the early 1900s, Wallace Waddles and, and, and all of these authors from there. And then the brand new people that are just releasing podcasts, YouTubers today, I go, what's the common denominator that all of these people are using, and I said, so if, if the six, if the success or the, the tools that they've used to overcome adversity and move through things and be successful, there's a common denominator. Why am I not using that? Why am I not trying it? And so in diving into each one of those common denominators and finding success, now there's things that they've got that is uh, you know what, that really doesn't work for me, that doesn't mean it's terrible. That just means it doesn't work for me. So that's where in, in sharing those things that I've had success with in navigating those three different kind of chapters in our lives or those storms or whatever you want to call them. That's where I support people with.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's the, uh, you know, the, we had, I had a conversation a couple of episodes back about the, the back to the future, uh, effect and, and how that movie was predicated around, um, how a small change 30 years prior led to such oh. big changes, but oh, oh. nobody ever sits today and says you know, if George McFly just beats up his his Biff Tannen, look what could happen. If I just put down my pack of cigarettes today, if I don't go to the bar with my buddies today, if I walk a, a kilometer today, what could that change look like 10 years from now? If I tell my wife how I'm really feeling today, those incremental changes today are so overlooked. So if you can use that perspective that you have and you don't have to beat the guy over the head with it you can just say here's something that helped me get from where you are to where i am and if that person has the you know the awareness to understand where that that advice or that tool is coming from um maybe it doesn't have to turn into you know the worst case scenario for that. Person.
2: Absolutely. And and I think the one the, the, from, from people that I work with and even my own story and everything else, the reason why people don't start in that point is because we're staring at the mountain, not the path. Yeah. And it seems so overwhelming. And I know from sitting in, in, you know, in my garage that day, being like my businesses, my, like my relationship, like everything, like it's all getting nuked right mm-hmm. now. And i'm never like not only like i've worked so hard to build everything up to this point now it's going to get blown right up who knows what's going to be left and do i have it in me to start over do i have that so and and and, and is it possible and we tell ourselves again the, the narrative we tell ourselves and the things we say worst case scenario all the time and and truly so i look for people that had been in that spot didn't stay there and were successful after and when i started looking for that. It's a it, it blew my mind how many people were successful and and the obviously the theme of second act right when you when you go to that and it's like okay so what does it look like now for me right that's how even like I, there's so many examples but that's how Colonel Sanders starts KFC at 61 years old right
1: right, right? Like, so so having said all that and and being that you're you know into this you're coaching you, you've got a successful you know business of that going what does success look like to you and does it look any different than you thought it might when you took that first step out uh,
2: and 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 embarked upon this path uh such a brilliant question gord <laughs> yeah you know and i'll tell you what success does look different success 10 years ago what i thought success was 10 years ago what i thought success was 5 years ago what i thought it was 5 months ago what i thought it was 5 days ago is different than what i think it is now it is always evolving and i think as, and, and it's going to keep evolving. So if we had this conversation down the road, I hope that my definition of success would be a little bit different because that's what, that's where that growth comes from, right? You know, towards the positive, but yeah, my, I think when it comes to success, it's, it's having, having an impact and well, I guess when we come back to it, it's, it's number one, living authentically being who I am and and letting the world experience 100% of who I am at my best. Today, I am the best person I can be today, Gord, with what I have. And that's one of my favorite, uh, Roosevelt quotes, right? Do what you can with what you have, where you are. Right. And right now, today, that is what I'm doing. But, and when we go into kind of different quotes and everything else, but it, and I truly believe that my definition of success is being excited or, or grateful for what is. So acknowledging and being grateful for everything you've experienced, everything that you you know have, I guess, if we're going to talk about possessions and businesses and things like that, but being grateful for what is and excited for what's coming. And that's the, that's the rub on that. So many people think, oh, if you're grateful for what is, that's like giving up. That's like settling. That's not this. No, it's about if you can't express gratitude and be grateful for exactly where you are, why would the universe, why would God, anybody, you know, whatever you believe in, why would anyone give you more if you're not grateful for what is, why would that come into your life? So if you're not grateful for what is, it's about being in that, no matter what it is, cardboard box under a bridge, billionaire with 15 mansions all over the world, whatever that is, if you're not grateful for what is and excited for what's coming, because that's truly what I believe we are put on this earth to create, we are put on this earth to grow. And when we're not doing that, that's when people get stuck. That's when people get frustrated because we're not, and and creating doesn't have to be massive movements across the world. It can be building something in your backyard. It can be coming up it could be drawing. It could be anything, but when we're creating and we have that, that it's, it's growth and that's truly what we are meant. So the definition of success to me is excited for, or grateful for what is, excited what's coming in every area of my life and being able to take that energy of light and hope and abundance and influence and impact others so that they can share in that same, that same experience of, of moving forward and growing and knowing that there's, there's so much more that's available to us than what we're even tapping into right now.
1: Well, I think as Liam said at the beginning, uh, heavy is, is a pretty accurate description for, for Carrie's story. I mean, he talks about being in the lowest of the lows and what, Pulled him back out of that and and got him thinking about how he could fix it in, in the long term instead of the short term fix and and that was kind of what I took away from from that conversation with Carrie and I I've heard his story a couple of times and I, and I know Carrie a little bit so it it still gave me goosebumps and that kind of surprised me to hear him tell it like that because it was such a you know final. Um, solution to a temporary problem like we talked about and he was he was right there he was on the precipice and and he talks about you know closing the garage door before he left and not carrying on carrying through with with what he had in in mind and and doing the hard work to fix that because that ultimately was what he knew he needed to do for the people in his life and and I think that that's something that, you know, we, we lose sight of so often in our society because everything in our society is predicated on now, 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 faster and cheaper. And the hard things um, often seem like they're just so unattainable because that's not the way we're trained. And and I don't, I don't know what the right answer to fix that is, but I do know listening to a story like Carrie's where you hear of somebody who is in that spot and put in all that work to get to the to the other side and, and is sharing that story and, and those tactics with people who may be there. I, I think that's the, the heartening part of it all. The part that makes you realize there is a lot of things in our life to have faith in faith in whatever you have. So uh, just appreciate Carrie for jumping on. Um, you know, he, he was uh, we talked about coming on, but it was kind of a short notice thing and, and he rearranged a couple of things to help me out because because of the way things were, were falling for me. And, and I can't say thank you enough to him. He was so gracious with his time. And, and so honest. And that's what makes these stories so great. Is when somebody comes on and is willing to be honest. We have another one in a similar vein coming up next week. A gentleman named Andy Kanyar. Can- Andy and his is, is very similar. So there are a couple of heavy ones coming here. But we've got some fun ones planned too. Some people who are doing some content creation and different things. And that's kind of the fun part about all this. You know, we still have uh, a lot of good stories out there and some of them are a little heavier and some of them are a little lighter, but they're all worthwhile listening to. If you haven't uh, listened to The Damn Smokehouse, the Fair and Sofort one, you have a couple of days left to listen and, and find that code word and, and DM him on Instagram uh, or stop by the restaurant in Nippon, Saskatchewan and uh, and get your name in for the $25 gift certificate. The last I heard, he was he was seeing some pretty good response to that. So um if you you know you can't win if you don't get your name in so please uh you know take some time to follow up and and if you like this one or, or a couple of the other ones um look at look at a bunch of them you know we're 60 episodes deep on this and and we we're getting better all the time we hope and uh, we want to we want to bring you along for the ride so please as we always say there are no wrong answers and there's no test at the end so make the most out of every day
0: the second act podcast we'd like to thank ben sound for the intro and outro music Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening. Test the microphone. No mmm noise.